Now we are. Here we go. Hello, I'm Edgar Papke. And I'm Ken Sagendorf. Thanks for joining us on the True Alignment Podcast. We're live in the Gronowski Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. And welcome to the conversation, True Alignment, where we talk about all things in life and the art and science of alignment, a great predictor of success. Uh, for everything. Yes, for everything. And uh, yeah, that, and that's uh, part of our... Uh, pre-podcast uh, conversation uh, when we, and uh, Jim and Ken and I, we look at each other and uh, say, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> well, as always on uh, True Alignment Podcast, we welcome your questions, uh, your comments, and your concerns on <laughs> info, <laughs> info at truealignment.com. <laughs> questions, thoughts, comments, and concerns. And concerns. And concerns. Well, I'm glad you added that. That's good. I think we may we may get more of those now. Well, Edgar, you're in a heavy you're in a heavy mood today. Very contemplative. Ah, interesting. Okay. Right. I mean, in our our pre podcast conversation, like we're we're covering really deep human things. Okay. Right. Yeah. We're, we're we're talking about the the fear that humans have. Gene, I always thought of our relationship as being so superficial. <laughs> Well, you know, everything's on the light side, Ken. You know, most of our work is around the curiosity of, of the human condition. Oh, it is. So all of our work is actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, always remembering technology really is never human. Though we're trying to get it to be. <laughs> we're trying. That's the danger, right? That's the danger. Oh, yeah, the, which I saw yesterday was um, a letter that was signed by, I don't know how many hundreds of people over the concern of, uh, of AI and um, what it's going to do to the human race and to the world. That, uh, we're at that point now where there's that actual concern that um, machines and AI and uh, you know, we're going to be overtaken, that uh, we're going to eventually be extinct if we're not careful is pretty much the, uh, the gist of the matter. Well, maybe we'll just do it like nuclear weapons and we'll have enough AI on this side and enough AI on that side and Nothing will happen. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, just a lot of great fear. Just a lot of great fear to keep us on our toes. What would you call that? You know, the, we got the Cold War because of fear of nuclear winter. What would you call What would you call the AI version of a Cold War? Um, oh, boy. The first thing that comes to mind, and I don't want to say we're screwed. Um, <laughs> Because that is the first thing that comes to mind. That would be a really good one. Listeners out there, if you've got uh, info at truealignment.com, send us your thoughts about that one. Yeah, what do we what do we call this moment in in uh, um, this moment of uh, of human history? Ah, that's a really good one. It's definitely something to ponder. So next time when you're writing songs, you could take. Uh uh, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, and you can rework the, the lyrics to include AI now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, contemplative, and uh, we're talking about relationships. relationships. And uh, so congratulations, uh, Jim and uh, Ken, 
who share the same date for their wedding anniversaries. Yeah, it was wild to find out. Yeah, all in a text message. Right? <laughs> so, 24 years and eight years, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, Ken's 24. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'd be surprised if mine was already 24 years. <laughs> it's, Time goes uh, by. Well, and it's, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I'm trying hard to think what our eight-year anniversary would have been like, right? We would have had two little kids and just moved here to Colorado. It's interesting looking back in that light, isn't it? It is. I mean, especially where you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, Edgar, you and I were talking about, you know, your life as a, your former life as a chef. Um, Amy and I attempted to make paella for our anniversary dinner last night. Yeah. Yeah. Too much seafood, I think. Not the right pans. Flavor wasn't bad. I don't know. I I think of you as being pretty good in the kitchen. I like being in the kitchen for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Uh, did you have an anniversary dinner, Jim? Yeah. Actually, yesterday was the first day we uh, left Junie with a sitter. Ooh. <laughs> it was Kyle's parents. I was going to say, <laughs> is it a non-family sitter <laughs> yeah, or right. a family sitter? No. Uh, yeah, we took off four hours and we went to a local vineyard in Loveland, Sweetheart Vineyard. Sweetheart Winery. Really? Yeah. That in was what? really cool. In Loveland. Awesome. Yeah, how in Loveland. The, how was the wine? It was great. Yeah, it was really? really great. Yeah, they had a Cab Franc that we were really shocked to find, and yeah, we loved it. Nice. And then we went to the driving range at Marietta Butte and hit some golf balls Good and had you. dinner there. Ah. Yeah. You know, those nights are how you have a second kid. Just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Uh, Thank you for that insight. Yeah, speaking of which, what are we talking about today? So we're talking, actually, we set this up so we could talk about you. I could tell. how is your relationship? It's going great. It's going great? Yeah. It's fun to see that we can still have fun together. uh, We're coming back to this idea of um, that everything that we do is is around the human, completely human-centered, and just around the human experience as a whole. And that when you look at alignment, you look at alignment to self and then relationships and then how aligned are you in in how you show up in your communities, at work, your teams, um, and all the different facets of alignment that are are at play all the time. And one of the things that we um, started talking about was how do you break that down in relationships and what does that look like? You know, Edgar, as we do this uh, series of, of A's, words that start with the letter A, we start with awareness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you came in with a little bit of excitement. I'm talking about let's, we should do this as an alignment workshop. Yeah. Yeah. The steps of... Uh, steps of kind of personal and relational alignment. Yeah. So the A's, uh, what, uh, what we're referring to are uh, really at a... If you step back, what are the key steps uh, to um, moving toward alignment? And the first one is awareness. And we begin with awareness, awareness of self, of um, needs, desires, emotional being, and um, really answering the question, who am I? And what is my self-concept? So we begin with, with awareness, and then the second, the, uh, second is uh, assess, assessment. Um, to take a look at where I am, 
where my alignments in life are, where, where, where my lacking alignment or my misalignment, which of, of course is a source of con- all conflict in our lives as, as we've talked about. And, um, and then the, uh, the third one is to actually align, to um, have an idea, have a sense of how to create alignment in our lives those relationships in our world and then to act on those yeah, and the fourth a is action yeah so we have awareness assessment alignment and action so this you know this uh awareness and assessment first part of the workshop you were talking about um was kind of this beautiful and wonderful prompt and as soon as you were talking about it i could i could see the room of people doing this right um want to share want to share what that was yeah, and it begins with um, to uh, to write your story, to to uh, to create, to imagine, to uh, explore what is my life story, and it, we do this, and we we've done this traditionally. I'm going to say traditionally because we've been at it for so long in leadership workshops and leadership development, executive development, which is to uh, to write your your legacy, to write your epitaph, to write your um, a eulogy for yourself. Um, you know, what, what is your story? And to look at it through that lens, to actually sit down and to develop that. And as you look at it through the lens of it being a story, you're the main character. You're the main character in that biographical storyline. And, and that's where you begin. And you actually do begin with the possibility and somewhat of what, you know, having the end in mind which is who do I really want to become, who do I want to be? And we know that the absolute alignment at the end of life, if we're, if we're able to, is to be able to, to uh, look at it through that lens of, of self-acceptance, self-love, and did I really become the person I want to become? I think that's, that's one of the hardest questions I know I have for myself. I mean, and I... Uh, it's funny because I do this... Uh, in the entrepreneurship class mm-hmm. that, that I teach on the very first night, we asked them to give a personal pitch and, 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 and that prompt is really like, explain how you got here. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I start to explain my story because it doesn't make, you couldn't, you couldn't map it out. But the, the way I explain it is because I had relationships and interactions with humans I kept saying yes to different opportunities mm-hmm. and, and I went where it went. I didn't, and it wasn't a master planned life and career. It was, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I, you know, I will share this. There was a girl I liked when I was growing up. And the one thing that she said to me one day that has stuck with me ever since. And I, I mean, I'm, we're talking. How old were you? Yeah. I was a teenager, so, you know, we're talking 30 years. We're talking almost 30 years. But she said to me, you're such a follower. And, you know, at first I was like, (laughs) screw you. Like, I was really kind of upset with this. But then the reality is I understand why she said that to me. Because when I watch others and you absorb the things from them that you're like, huh, I wonder what that would look like on me, feel like for me. Yeah. Right? I, it's not a blind thing. It's a curious thing. Yeah. 
right? I mean, I, you see somebody exemplifying something you want to stand for. You see somebody trying something that you might want to try. You go, you go and try it. Yeah. Right? I mean, I love the mountain bike. What human being gets on a bike and says, let's run over these rocks? Like mm -hmm. somebody probably showed it to you. <laughs> and you're like, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's, um, I think you get to explore some of these things um, to figure out your story. And I, that part's not done. I mean, I don't know. I think that I think there's a lot in that too. Uh, and here's, uh, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking to myself that when you begin to write the story, you can write it through the lens of events and accomplishments and um, moments, things that happen to you. And if you begin to do that, then you realize that looking out into the future isn't that easy because the most significant events in our lives are unforeseen. There they are. Yeah. And so you're looking at it through that lens of opportunity. So when you begin this, this journey of alignment and you begin to think about relationships, you're thinking about traits, characteristics of the being, of, of who I want to be, and how do, how do you show up for that? And yes, there's so many great definitions, like integrity, right? Doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Well, what is the right thing? Mm -hmm. And when nobody's watching, who really are you? And how does that then manifest when people are watching or in your, in your most significant relationships in life, like yeah. a partnership, an in, in intimate relationship, a marriage? And, and to, be, to begin to think about that and then say, okay, what is my what is my story? And yes, we can we can speak to accomplishments. We can we can map it out. You know, in the in the scenarios that are so um, we see so frequently, my health, my finance, my finances, right, my community, my relationships, all of those. They're all aspects of it, and and I would suggest they're all opportunities for alignment, if you're showing up for who you really want to be in all of those. So it begins with that, that, that first step. And I think also often what happens to us in relationships is inevitably we're going to come back to that because inevitably we get challenged, tested. We have to look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I love that. that so I, um, now you see, now you struck a curiosity. So what'd you do with the follower thing other than say, well, screw you, that's not... In <laughs> Well, you know, Edgar, I think it's given me a lens uh -huh. for the rest of my life that has been this idea of asking this question of why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Is it really truly out of the curiosity that I want it to be out of? Um, mm. Right. I mean, and, and let me give you the, the contrast of a difference. So like my daughters, you know, one's, about to be 21, one's 19, college uh, age women. Like the brands, the brands are attractive to them, uh -huh. right? Um, uh, try and predict, Jim, the future, we what Juniper's that. brands are going to be. Um, you know, my kids, it's Lululemon. I wish I had stock in that company, um, right? Because that is something that is just draws them. But it draws them because it draws everyone. I, I mean, I wonder if that's the reason, right? There's, there's, there's safety and sameness, 
Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast to talk about brands. Well, and I think as you we get older, do that. as you get older, I <laughs> yeah. think you know the the conversation. <laughs> as you get older and you buy your wardrobe at Costco, you don't really care about the brands anymore. Um, you know, it's really a kind of an interesting. It's really an interesting um, conversation there. about Kirkland yourself. Kirkland is there, though. It's <laughs> there. <laughs> Come on now, it's there. Uh huh. I just said to Amy, there was a. A clickbait thing from I think Huffington Post or something like that about the the top ten Kirkland signature brands, Kirkland signature products that you should be buying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're their own brand too. Touche, touche. Uh-huh. It works. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you 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 end up. I used it as a way to examine my own desires. I mean, it's really helpful, frankly, really helpful. I think that, and I think that's really helpful to say it, your own desires, because when you, in this first step of the process of exploring your relationships, you, you, uh, having a framework to understand your desires, uh, your need to, for connection, for love, for accomplishment, whatever it happens to be, uh, is important in that first step as you, explore relationships and what are my desires because they're those desires are what we then convey as expectations or hold as expectations of one another and whether or not those desires are going to be met and satisfied or not and how easily we blame somebody when they're not yeah so easy to do that the um you know edgar i the one thing i very much appreciate about your workshop model is that you write your own story, and then you quickly bring in the context of relations, you know, these five kind of important relationships in your life. So step two is what Ken is referring to. So, so step one is you begin by writing your story. You're the main character. And then, of course, who are the other characters in your storyline? And we begin the process uh, by uh, asking uh, for you to identify five important relationships. And um the uh what's interesting is you can easily go back historically uh and and look at them and what kind of influence or impact that the certain relationships have on you and i think it's fair to say that you can carry those forward in some way what we're really asking for is what are some what are five key relationships that are in, that you're currently engaged in, in your life mm-hmm. and not to say that you you can you don't have to have five. You can have more than five if you like. Five is kind of a good number to start with because it allows you to explore your know, family, people in your family, people in your uh, in your community, at mm-hmm. work, whoever it happens to be, um, and begin to explore those relationships that are really important to you and to look at them through the lens of what kind of um, reciprocity and expectations that, that exist in those relationships. And what kind of influence are those relationships having on you in your life? Yeah, I, I, and I really like that part because I was trying to think if I could come up with a story that is of a of an individual without the contextualization of of a relationship with someone else. And I don't. I, there are no stories that come to my mind that are purely of an individual mm-hmm. alone, you know, without relationship with with someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even the, I, I give you an early movie reference here. Um, the other day I came home and my wife, she was uh, rewatching Castaway. 
Oh. Right? Okay. And I, it gave us an opportunity to talk with this because the movie's old enough to talk with our kids about whether they had seen it or not because we, you know, I walked in and it was the very tail end when he had been uh, returned to society and he had to figure out what life meant by revisiting his former fiance who thought he had passed away. Yeah. Right? So you're watching a relationship change in front of your eyes for the two of their expectations of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as you're talking about these influential relationships, I, I couldn't help but think whether or not Wilson was one of his um, relationships that he would put in this group of five as he was writing his own story. That's a great question. <laughs> it really is. Right? Because yeah. he was, that was his companion. Uh-huh. I mean, he was years on that island. Yeah. Yeah, and what, what, what are his expectations of, of Wilson, right? Well, you you know, like when, when Wilson got lost the one time, oh, God. right? You could see the expectation was that Wilson was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So there was there was expectation. I mean, and I, I mean, it kind of was tongue-in-cheek when I said it at first, but I don't mean it as tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I think he really relied upon his conception of Wilson yeah. as a true relationship. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think that's certainly that. And then the expectation of always being there. Well, one of the things about so one of the things about this this um, framework, the the workshop, is when you think when you look at the steps and you say, well, here are the here are the most here are five important people, and then to be able to, the next step is to look at those relationships and be able to say what 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 are the expectations in the relationship, and yeah, that goes two ways. What what do I believe are their expectations of me and what are my expectations for them? And then to begin to look at it through that lens of alignment, it is where are the alignments and misalignments? Where are the tensions? Where are the fears of not getting our desires, our needs met by one another? And so this part of the, uh, this part of the exercise then is to, to s- stop and, and explore each relationship through that set of lenses. So the first one is, what are the expectations we have for one another? And then the next step, which is really hard work, it's hard work. It's what expectations are being met and what expectations are, are going unmet. Because it's the, and we've said this here in the podcast, it's the unmet expectations that provide us with the slippery slope to resentment, anger, distrust, and disappointment. Mm-hmm. And having a clarity for those expectations is really what a healthy relationship is about to be able to have that kind of a dialogue. But first, in order to have that kind of dialogue, we need to be able to step back and do that assessment work and then begin to move. So we begin with awareness and then the, the assessment. And now let's start taking a look at through that assessment lens of what's necessary to create alignment in the relationship. It's interesting to me, and I think I'm not sure if I've mentioned this here in the podcast or not, having done a couple's retreats, it's interesting that um, having them do a similar kind of exercise, how often people come back, um, couples, people that have known each other for a long time, and, uh, and when we talk about their discoveries, the discovery is that they've had unmet expectations of one another for a long periods of time, in some instances decades, and they've been fearful to talk about them. And yet those fears are what undermine and create a distrust and resentment in the relationship. 
Yeah, that fear. We we talked a lot about that earlier, Edgar. You and I did. Um, you know whether that undergirds so much of relational uh, baggage, so to say, with each other. You know, I want to do X, but I'm afraid that the other person will think Y. Mm-hmm. Well, the idea that if you come to that truth, so you, you begin with the, the real truth of the matter is what's my intention for the relationship? So what is my intention? And then what what expectations do I have that create fulfillment and, yeah. and make that come to life? Well, and it's got to move and grow too, right? I mean, it's alive in some sense. It's not static. I think that's the... Yeah, and, and it, what I find so powerful about it is sometimes that to move and grow means letting go. Yeah. In some instances, it, through this through this process, people discover that they're in a relationship that they, the truth is, not to be in the relationship any longer, that it's or or to create a dramatic shift in the relationship, because it's just not in alignment with with who they are and who they want to be and their story and what it is that they want. Hmm. Powerful work. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, in the entrepreneurial space, we see so many people starting businesses for themselves and, uh, you know, engaging with some equity. And then all of a sudden the business is for somebody else and they're afraid. Uh They're afraid to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and then it comes back to alignment is what is your purpose? What is your sense of being? Yeah. And who do you really want to be here? Yeah. yeah. Well, and we've seen this with the businesses we've worked with, right? I mean, we, we see as some of those some of those parts of the equation start to change and move. Mm-hmm. How difficult it is for people to really be honest with each other about mm-hmm. about the expectations for, for one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can put it under we can easily say that it's uh, the fear of letting go is a part of it. There's also that part that is even more stark, which is um, the fear is stop, just stop. This this isn't working. Uh, it's not who I want to be. It's not a relationship I want to be in. It's time to just stop. <laughs> and I and I uh, I'm thinking about this a little bit in light of your comment. How many times we actually see people, entrepreneurs and and people in business that begin and they build something, and then it becomes that they're working in in the maintaining role. It's yeah. just I got to keep, I got to sustain, I got to maintain. It's uh, responsibility to others and all these other pieces, and and then the, the feedback is, well, you know, who are you really doing this for, and what does doing it for for yourself look like? And yes, there's a lot to be said of how fulfilling it is to be in service to others. I'm in service to others as part of this. Yeah. But is that really your mission and purpose? Is that really what you're about? And if it is, then there's an alignment there. And if you'd rather be doing something else or moving in a different direction, that's a that that's a, to come to that point of being able to recognize that, and that happens at all levels, including once again coming back to the most significant relationships in our lives. Absolutely. So um, I have an expectation of you. I'm kind of waiting for another movie reference today. I'm not sure why. <laughs> It'll probably bubble up. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. This idea of finding self in, in context with others, like that's almost every movie ever written. So, <laughs> Well, that's the story. That's the tension. Totally. It is. It well, is. I, and I, that's why I really love the prompt about tell the story, right? Mm. Because this idea of um, 
you know, whether your story is flat out the hero's journey or some other yeah. allegory, you and, are. And let, me, let us remind everyone out there that may be listening that there's always those four great pieces to a story, and that is the context. So you're telling your story in a, in a context, time, place, setting, and and then um, the main characters, right? Who's the you're your own main character? Who are the who are the characters in the story, and what do they represent, and what are their wants, needs, desires, struggles, challenges? What's working for them? What's not? Their alignments and misalignments, and and every story's got a great misalignment playing out. That's the conflict. That's the conflict. That's the conflict. And our internal misalignments are those internal conflicts that drive, you know, that create the tensions and, and keep us moving forward. It's and and sometimes it's so telling that we're not even really conscious of those. We just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other and we keep going and, and then somebody taps us on the shoulders or looks us right in the eye and says, What the hell are you doing? You know, what what is this really all about? Well, the right answer is it's about me, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to come back to that. Edgar, I am drawn. I'm drawn back to you know why when we started this podcast, we started from from the work that was going on in the middle of COVID, uh, coming out mm -hmm. of COVID around the Great Resignation. Yes, or as you would would rename it, the Great Alignment. Uh -huh. Right was was all about this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, and I think over and over and over again. Where my head is going is some of the, some of the generational work, um, coming out right now for what uh, you know different different groups of people might like, and and please note that all of those are gross overgeneralizations, um, mm. but y yeah, you know, and in terms of the patterns, yes, but they're recognizing some patterns. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, the over, I think you can't overgeneralize just the nature of let's call it, you know, human nature and what it is that we all universally want yeah. and what we desire. That's alive in all of us. Totally. I think having that framework to come back to is really, really useful. And then we see it like what happened in the pandemic around the need for connection, for, um, uh, you know, everyone looking for greater levels of intimacy without even realizing how workplace relationships have a certain level of intimacy and comfort and, and well-being attached to them. And so how do we get success? How do we get love? These are, these are the universal storylines. So when we begin with identifying ourselves as the character and we begin to recognize what it is that we really want and then we begin to look at it through the lens of what truly is my purpose and then who are those key who are those people that, that provide us with the key relationships and let's take a look at the quality of those relationships and, and, and work those. Yeah. There's just an extraordinary amount of um, well-being that can be derived from that um, to take that pause. Because we're going to take that pause. Jim, you're going to take that pause with, with, with June, with Juniper, one day. You will. <clears throat> um, when she's a teenager, you're going to take a pause and <laughs> you're going to look at your storyline and look at her and go, yeah, now what, you know, and, uh, and it's going to, it's going to feel like a real test. It will. And those, those moments that then create the moments when down the road, if you can picture it to say, what is, what does life look like with her when she's 35, 40 years old, like my children are, and what does that relationship look like then? And you go and you, and you wind it back and you realize those moments of significance yep. 
Well, just like when somebody walks up to Ken and says, you're a follower, and, you know, <laughs> whack, there yeah. it is. Uh-huh. Well, and it, you know, it, it's funny you say that like that, Edgar, because I was just, I ju- you just brought a big flashback as you were asking Jim about, you know, being dad to Juniper and how that was going to change. You know, I have such fond memories of my dad. And then one time when I felt like I got to turn the tables a little bit and, and become and have him become my friend is for his 40th birthday, I surprised him and took him to a Crosby, Stills, and Nash concert. Um, you know, he just, uh, that was a band that we always, he just loved listening to the harmonies of, of CSN. And um, we got to go to that concert and it was, a, it was an adult thing that felt like I was doing, even though I was really young, but we got to go to that concert. And, and you know, I got to see, just pure joy on my dad's face, um, you know, during one of those songs, you could just tell it took him somewhere. Yeah. It was so much fun to be his peer, and our relationship changed after that. You know, moments. Yeah, those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's actually. If yeah. I'm going to just come back now to the to this uh, workshop model, and what are the next steps? So. You've done, the, uh, you've done the awareness work, and now it's a matter of, so how do I create alignment? Which is, what, what are the kinds of conversations do I need to have uh, with the people in my life um, through which I create alignment for myself, for my own being? When I'm in alignment with others in my key relationships, then I have that greater sense of well-being and less fear. Yeah. And that's really what we're talking about here is, is letting go or release, releasing the fear and... and uh, uh, so a couple of key questions come up that we that we uh, that we would use. Um, one is uh, wh- how are you going to communicate this? Mm-hmm. What does it actually look like and feel like and sound like? Which then is how are you going to feel when you're doing it? How do you want to feel when you're in these dialogues and conversations with others, where you're having um, significant significant dialogue around expectations of one another and what alignment looks like. <laughs> And then, you know, what actions will you take? What kind of commitments are you willing to make and carry forward that demonstrate to others and to yourself? Because at the end of the day, much like in, in managing any conflict, it's a matter of the action you take and what you do with it in the moment and going forward that matters so much. And then we come all the way back around. We come all the way back to around to, well, yeah, I have a lot to do with my story, don't I? I have a lot to do. I have, I have more than I give credit for in terms of how I show up and how I create my story. And yes, events will come at me. Things will change. Um, others will will not always see life the way that I see it. Yet at the end of the day, it's it's coming back to who am I? I'm the main character in my own story. And how do I shape that? And how do I bring that to life? Yeah, I loved. I really love that, Edgar, and especially that comment that you're in control mm. that you're in control of your own story uh, versus being a passive, uh, a passive player in that story. Yeah. And again, the, when we think about control, we think about the power of choice and that's, that's the most powerful aspect at the end of the day, when I take action and I, and I realize, you know, what's missing and, and I, and I create that for myself those are the moments, that power of choice that no one can take away from me. I have that. 
Okay, so the, the movie reference that you're asking me for so I can meet that expectation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, This Is Where I Leave You. Do you know this movie? Um, oh, I thought you were going to get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this one? It sounds really familiar. This is a good one. Jason Bateman, uh, Adam Driver, Jane Fonda, Tina Fey. Um, I haven't seen it. Uh, there's, there's more people in there that, that I am definitively uh, missing. But... Um, this is where I leave you is the story of Jason Bateman's the main character and he's deeply in love with his wife. He's having his anniversary and he comes home uh, early with a cake to surprise her and finds her in bed with actually he's a podcast producer. That's what he is. He's a podcast producer and he, and he finds also known as somebody without a job. <laughs> he finds her in bed with the person who does the podcast. The sports podcast, who is played by um, um, Dak Shepard, and so he um, he he needs to leave, and conveniently he gets a call that his father had passed away. So his mom is Jane Fonda, and then his his family is really dysfunctional. Right, Tina Fey has a husband, but she's really in love with the neighbor son it's, that had a brain injury and was really never the same. And the older brother is at home running the family business, and he's a little resentful of that. And Catherine Hahn plays his, his wife that is trying desperately to have a baby, but, um, you know, they're both so angry with each other that they can't get pregnant. I, I mean, it's really, and as they sit Shiva for the father, the relationships all come out. Uh. And so Jason Bateman, who, whose character is, you know, he's, he's like a good funeral. lost control and he's, he's just lost control. And he just feels like he's floating along in this story of his life mm-hmm. until he realizes that, no, the story is his. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's really what the story is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And it always will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good one if you haven't seen it. Thank you. It's a good I'll be sure. emotional journey everybody's got their own issues mm-hmm. i think that's the other thing edgar is that we your story is not without its flaws right i mean we put conflict in story so that you can overcome conflict and and have a nice ending to the stories but the reality is human tension in search of a flawless existence is i mean that's that's a futile that's a futile search yeah, and if you're thinking, wow, okay, let me, let me go through the steps here. Write my story and begin to con- contemplate and think about that. Then identify a set of relationships that are key to the story and going forward. And then take those relationships and look at them through the lens of expectations being met or unmet. And what is my intention towards those relationships? And is my intention in alignment with the the, the person I want to be and you start unpacking all that and then you and then you get to a place of of having to to actually confront that and um, in some instances you're going to be stirring it up there's just no way of avoiding it is there and so yeah, I think your thought here about yeah you can wreak some havoc or you can really really wind things up um, in some instances it's um, it's unavoidable if you want to do the work. Um, it goes back to that. It's going to get 
at times it's going to it's going to feel and it's going to be messy and that idea of just looking at any relationship and saying what's missing what do we need here uh, can be so powerful and to bring that into the spoken realm and to do that intentionally and to speak to what you'd like the relationship to be and then to unpack it that way um, it's powerful work it's absolutely powerful and the greatest power is the influence that this work has on yourself Yeah, all work at some level is about ourselves, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Even if we're pointing the finger at someone else. Yeah, almost always when you're pointing the finger at someone <laughs> else, right? I mean, that's the irony right there. Uh, well said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who wants to take this workshop? Oh, that's a great question. I, uh, it's, um, the thought is that it'll be part of a uh, undergraduate course on um, living an aligned life. Um, when we look at designing our own lives and, and there's, there's different approaches to it, what I found in, in looking at most of them, um, they do a great job of setting goals and business and in my health goals and my financial goals, et cetera. And um, at the end of the day, it's the conversational uh, and the depth of relationship that's missing from those that sooner or later you're going to be confronted with. So this takes a look at, in a more um, um, proactive way of at, at what's going to be necessary for me to actually live my ideal life and what does an aligned life look like to, to self. Well, so, the alignment and the contextualization, you know, here's in this, in this Jesuit university, the business education we're trying to offer is not that, that other model that you talked about is set these goals, go get them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's how you get the, the plundering and the pillaging of the people in the planet to, to make profit in a business. Right. That's a lot of peas there. There's a lot of peas. There's a lot of peas. But, um, you know, unfettered, unfettered growth at all costs. Right. Which is capitalism gone awry. Mm-hmm. Is really the antithesis of what we're trying to teach in this business education here. And, and this, this alignment workshop, Edgar, is exactly how we'll do it because it's contextualized in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and then uh, with, with exec ed and leadership development, this is just another, uh, it's not just another. This is a way of coming at it that has real meaning. Um, so, yeah, to answer the question, there's a lot of different opportunities um, yeah. to do this work. So with that uh, being said, um, anything else? No, just thank you. Uh, thank you. Great idea. Great idea, by the way. So um, as always, Jim, thank you for being with us, our producer. Thanks, thank and, you, guys. Uh, cohort here. I think the tools, like you're giving people the tools to start that. So It's a little bit I of mean, a how-to today, isn't it? I took down a ton of notes. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, in that case then, uh, a quick reminder to all of you that uh, your questions, thoughts, comments, and concerns <laughs> and concerns, and concerns <laughs> are always welcome at info at truealignment.com. And uh, yeah, reach out to us. Like and Put your we'll, intention in the subject we'll respond line. Respond as quickly as we can. Put your intention in the subject line. Thank you. I have, I have a lot of concerns. How's that for a starter? All right. Well, and with that being said, thank you very much for, for listening and for joining us. And uh, we uh, hope to... Uh, that you join us again in the future. 
since we can't actually see you, I don't want to say don't see you. So in any case, I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. And live aligned. Thank you.